You're listening to the teaching ministry of Pastor Paul Bhutan on the Calvary Brighton Podcast. Well, Merry Christmas. It's okay to say it back. Let's try that again. So, Merry Christmas. All right. Hey, I'm glad that you're here uh, to worship Jesus with us. Uh, You guys sounded great out there. Um, uh, This evening, uh, we're going to be looking at the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 2 in a message that we've titled, We Three Gifts. So we're just going to jump right in, Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled in all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who shall be the shepherd of my people Israel." Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them the time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I too may worship him. And after listening to the king, they went their way and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came over to the place where the child was. And when they came uh, I'm sorry, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed uh, to their own country by another way. Let's pray. Father, we, we thank you that this is the season that reminds us that you gave us a gift, the gift of hope, the gift of life, the gift of our salvation, that you opened up for us at the cross, born in a manger, but opened up to the world at the cross, that any uh, who, 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 who by faith trust in your gift will be saved. We will have eternal life in you, hope in you. And so Lord, we thank you for that gift. We've come to worship you this evening because of the gift that you've given us. We pray this now in Jesus' name. And everyone say it. Amen. <coughs> Pardon me. And so tonight in Matthew chapter 2, we're, we're, we're going to be looking at the three gifts that the, that the wise men bring to the baby Jesus. Now, of course, we know what those three gifts are, but I do like the way one child uh, answered the question in, in, in Sunday school, and he said that the three gifts were, were gold, myrrh, and Frankenstein. Uh, but you know, over the years, we've, we've embellished the story of the wise men a little bit, right? In fact, we've, we've even given names to the wise men. We've named them Casper, uh, Balthazar, and Malquire. And, and by the way, we don't even know if there were just three wise men. We think that that's the case because there were three gifts, but we don't know. I mean, for all we know, there could have been 300 wise men. And, and we've even given them their own theme song. You know, we, we sing, We Three Kings of Orient Are... And and so tonight we're going to discover the significance of these visitors called the wise men and the significance of the gifts that they bring Jesus in our message again that we've titled, We Three Gifts. So with that, as we go back to verses one and two, we meet the wise men from the east who are looking for the king, the king of kings. Verse 1, now after, the, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, 
Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. I agree with the late J. Vernon McGee when he said that, that most of us are victims of Christmas card theology, meaning that, that a lot of us, when we, when we picture the Christmas story in our minds, what we picture is, 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 is the shepherds who are keeping watch by night over their flock, and suddenly the angels come on the scene, and the angels announce and say, unto you a child was born. And so the, 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 the shepherds, they go to Bethlehem to find the baby Jesus in the manger, and that's when we think, we tend to picture that, the, that they were joined by the wise men. However, what we discover tonight here in Matthew chapter 2 is, is that the wise men were not even at the manger at that time. They were not actually at the manger. Uh, they, they show up much, much later. Now, we know that, by the way, because again in verse 1 it says, now after Jesus was born. It doesn't say when Jesus was born. It says after Jesus was born. Now, we don't know how much after, how much later, but we, we know it's later. In fact, many scholars believe that, that, that it was probably several months later. And in fact, it could have been as long as a year to a year and a half after Jesus was born. But what we do know is that they did not come to the manger. Now, we know that, by the way, because later on in verse 11, Matthew chapter 2, verse 11, it says that when the, 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 the wise men showed up, to, when they came to Jesus, they came to the house where Jesus was. Not to the manger where he was born, but they showed up later at the house where he was at. And so really, you know, at our manger scenes in our house, what that means is to be biblically correct, what we should be doing is, you know, we've got, we've got you know, the baby Jesus, Mary and Joseph, and we've got the, 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 you know, the shepherds, maybe a sheep, maybe a cow, and then maybe on the other side of the room, we should have the wise men still kind of making their way. They show up much, much later in the story. <coughs> Pardon me. And so verse 1, it says that the wise men came from the east to Jerusalem. Now, the New American Standard Bible would say uh, that the Magi came from the east. It's the same thing, Magi, the wise men. But it says they came from the east. The east meaning probably uh, the modern-day country of Iraq, um, ancient Babylon. Now, the interesting thing about these, about these wise men, the, the Magi, as they called, uh, in those days, the Magi were the kingmakers. It was their job to sort of, uh, you know, co coronate the king. They were the kingmakers of the day. So in ancient Babylon, whenever, whenever a new king would rise up into power, the Magi would come on the scene bearing gifts uh, to, to bestow honor upon the new king. Sort of their way to, to coronate the new king, to recognize that he was officially the new king. And so when Jesus, the king of kings, is born, now uh, the, the, the magi, these kingmakers, come on the scene bearing gifts to bestow honor upon Jesus, the baby that was born to be the king. And now, uh, what we read here is, is that you know, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but even though he was, he was born in Bethlehem, the, the wise men stop uh, uh, about five miles south of Bethlehem to the city of, of Jerusalem. And they stop and ask for directions. And by the way, it's been said that that's how we know that they really were, quote unquote, wise men, because the average man would have never stopped to ask for directions. And so they, they, they come and, and, they, and, they, and they, 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 they ask for directions and they ask Herod, they say, hey, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star. Now the star in question, some think perhaps what it was, was, was the conjunction of, of the planets Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn that took place in the year 6 BC. 
Others think perhaps it was a famous comet that was visible in Israel in, in the year 5 BC. Now there are some, however, who, who think that, that perhaps the, 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 the wise men, the magi, had been studying the Bible, been studying scriptures, been studying Bible prophecies about the Messiah. Maybe they were studying uh, Numbers chapter 24, verse 17, which says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. But now we wonder, how, how could these pagan wise men, how could these, these, these Babylonian magi know about, about these Bible prophecies, uh, these, 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 these prophecies about, about the Jewish Messiah? Prophecies like N Numbers chapter 24. Well, perhaps... Uh, the answer is, is that some 500 years before Jesus was born, we know that the king of Babylon at that time was King Nebuchadnezzar. Now, King Nebuchadnezzar had a group of advisors working for him called the wise men or called the magi. And, and the magi were, were these guys who, who would consult the stars. They, 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 would, they would look for astrological signs. They would read the horoscopes to be able to, to, to seek counsel to give to the king. Now, we know that, that there was a young Jewish slave by the name of Daniel who, who had the, 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 the spiritual gift of interpreting dreams, and so he was forced to become one of these magi. And so it's believed that perhaps Daniel was sharing the scriptures with his fellow magi, and, and perhaps Daniel was the one who was, who was sharing with them all these prophecies about the Jewish Messiah. And perhaps he was the one who shared with them Numbers chapter 24. He's like, you know what? You guys like to watch for stars? Well, make sure you watch for this star, the star mentioned in Numbers 24, the star that is going to lead you to the, to the king of kings, the, the true king, the eternal king, the, 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 the Messiah himself. And so perhaps for the last 500 years since Daniel, they, they have been watching and looking and, and searching for the one who would one day come to be the king of the Jews who would one day come to fulfill Numbers chapter 24. So they come on the scene. And in verse, verses 3 through 8, they're asking Herod for directions, but we see that Herod, this wannabe king, fears the baby king. So in verse 3, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them, saying, inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who, who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search diligently for the child. And when you found him, bring me word that I too may worship him. Now, as we look at this passage, by the way, we should keep in mind that, that Herod was one of the most paranoid rulers of all time. Now, the reason he was paranoid is because it says here he was the king. He was, he, he was called the king of the Jews, but really he was more like a self-appointed king. In fact, he wasn't even Jewish. He was called the king of the Jews, but, but his nationality was Edomian. In fact, history tells us that he actually bribed Mark Antony of Rome to give him the title king of the Jews. And, and so because he wasn't Jewish, he was actually despised. He was hated by the Jewish people, and that's why he was paranoid. He was paranoid that somebody would at some point assassinate him and try to steal his throne. The throne, by the way, that he rightfully stole when, when he bribed Mark Anthony for it. 
And so he, he, he was constantly paranoid. And, and in, in his paranoia, he, he actually murdered his own wife and several of her brothers, and he murdered several of his own sons because he believed that they might assassinate him and take his throne. That's why Caesar Augustus was famous for saying that it was safer to be Herod's pig than it was to be one of his sons. And so when these magi, when these kingmakers show up on the scene, in verse 3 it says that Herod and all of Jerusalem were troubled. Why? Well, because you know, Herod was hoping that these so-called king makers, the magi, were there to honor him. That finally they were going to come and they were going to recognize him as the rightful king, the real king. And so when they come and they say, hey, we're looking for he who was born king of the Jews. He's like, you found him. You're looking at him. And so his worst fears are confirmed when instead he hears, uh, no, you're not the one we're looking for. You're not the legitimate king. And so from that point on, Herod is now devising his secret plan to, to, to assassinate the baby king. And so he comes and he, and he tells the wise men, he says, hey, tell you what, when you do find him, come back and tell me where he's at, because I want to go and worship him too. And so Herod, he assembles his advisors, which would be the chief priests and, and, and the scribes. And in other words, the religious leaders of the Jewish people. And he asks the religious leaders where the Messiah is to be born. And they quote from Micah chapter 5, verse 2, where it says, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will be appointed shepherd of my people. Now, what's interesting about this is that, is that it seems like they quoted it from the top of their head. Like they just quoted it from memory. Like, like they didn't even have to, 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 to search for it. They didn't have to, to, to look it up. They did not have to Google where to find that verse. They just knew it by heart. And, and, and yet what makes it so interesting is that here we have these, these pagan wise men, these Babylonian magi, and, and yet they seem to be more excited about finding the Jewish Messiah than, than the religious leaders of the Jewish people were. I mean, the, the very people who had memorized that scripture, the people who knew by heart the scripture, they weren't excited to go see Jesus. They didn't want to go to Bethlehem, but the magi did. They were excited. Someone put it this way. They said, if you really believed what you claim to believe, then you ought to be twice as excited as you really are. <laughs> and so the religious leaders, they weren't excited at all, but the wise men were. It's so now in verses three, I'm sorry, verses nine through 12. We see they come on the scene bearing gifts. They, they, they bring three gifts fit for a king. Verse nine. And after listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they'd seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going to the house, they, they, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So again, as we mentioned, they come on the scene bearing gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, by the way, who gives gold, frankincense, and myrrh to a baby? I mean, this is exactly why men should not be invited to baby showers. Am I right? I mean, you know, if it was wise women who had showed up on the scene, if, if wise women came, they would have come with, with, with diapers and baby formula and probably enough casseroles to last the week to help Mary out. But not the guys. 
No, the wise men show up on the scene with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How worthless is that? But you see, they weren't bringing gifts that were fit for a baby. They were bringing gifts that were fit for a king. Here's why I say that. Because the first gift on the list was gold. Gold uh, really speaks of, 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 of Jesus' kingship. We know that because gold was the metal of kings in that day. Gold would, 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 would be what would cover the throne. Gold would, would, be, would be what would, would adorn the temple. And gold was often woven into the king's robes that he would wear. And so gold spoke of his kingship. In fact, in Revelation 19, verse 16, speaking of Jesus, it says, And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And so this first gift they brought was to speak of his kingship. Keep in mind, the Magi were the kingmakers. They had come there that day to coronate he who had been born king of kings. And so the first gift on the list, gold, his kingship. Then, then the second gift on the list was frankincense. Frankincense was used to, to make incense. Now this, by the way, would speak of the priestly ministry of Jesus. Now I say that because, remember, the, the, the Jewish high priest would often go into the, 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 the Holy of Holies, and one of the things he would do, would, 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 would he would light the golden bowl of incense. And again, the incense was made from frankincense. He would light the golden bowl of incense, and the incense was to represent the prayers of the people. And so the idea is, is as, the, as the high priest was inside the Holy of Holies, lighting the incense and praying, he was praying on behalf of the people. Meanwhile, the people, they were in the outer court of the temple, and they too were praying. And so the incense was to represent the very prayers of the people rising up before God. And so the fact that they brought incense or, or frankincense would speak to the fact that Jesus was to be born as the fulfillment of being our high priest, our great high priest. We remember in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, it says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. In other words, we don't need a priest to go to God on our behalf. We don't need a, a mediator to put in a good word for us to God. No, Jesus is our mediator. He is our great high priest. And so the, the, the second gift, incense, speaks of his priestlyhood. But then the third gift is probably the weirdest of all the three, and it was myrrh. Now, if you don't know, the spice myrrh was often used to make embalming fluid so that you can embalm the dead. Who, in their right mind, gives embalming fluid to a baby? But, you know, they, 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 they bring this, and keep in mind, we mentioned, Jesus was our great high priest. Now, part of the role of the high priest would be to go to the temple, go into the Holy of Holies, and offer a sacrifice on behalf of the sins of the people. And so the fact that they brought myrrh, embalming fluid, would really speak to the fact that Jesus our high priest ultimately offered himself as the sacrifice for our sins. He was the lasting sacrifice. He was the permanent sacrifice. He was the final sacrifice. It says in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, so Christ has now become the high priest over all the good things that have come. He has entered that greater and more perfect tabernacle in heaven, which was not made by human hands and is not a part of, of this created world. With his own blood, not the blood of goats and calves, he entered the most holy place once and for all time and secured our redemption forever. And so he is our final sacrifice. He's our, our permanent sacrifice once and for all time. 
And so ultimately, the three gifts that the wise men bring to Jesus ultimately remind us of the gift that God gave to us. But on that night when Jesus was born, he gave to us a king, ultimately the king of kings. He gave to us the great high priest. And ultimately, our great high priest died in our place. He died that we might live. And because he died, we now have direct access to God. We have, we, have a, we, have, we have direct access and the ability to have a personal relationship with the king of kings. And so ultimately, Christmas is, is not about the gifts that we give to one another. It's, it's not even about the gifts that the wise men gave to Jesus. Ultimately, it's about the gift that he gave to us the gift of our salvation, the gift of eternal life, the gift of the king of kings, the great high priest taking your place, dying in your place that you might live so that you can have a personal relationship with God. Amen? So Father, we thank you for the gift that you've given to us. Lord, there's many of us in this room, we've received that gift. By faith, we've trusted in you, we've believed in you, we've received the gift and that's why we're here tonight. We're here to worship you. We're, we're here to, to, to thank you for the gift that you've given us. There's some of us in this room this evening that we came because somebody brought us. We came because we're family. We're friends. But we're not family and friends with you. We don't have a personal relationship with you, but we could. You want that relationship with us, and that's why you gave us your son. You gave us your son to be the mediator between us so that we could have that relationship so if you're here this evening, I'm here to tell you God has a gift for you. And the gift he wants you to open is a relationship with him. Do you want that? Do you want a personal relationship with the king of kings, with God himself? All you've got to do is open the gift. You open the gift by, by, by praying a prayer of faith, just by praying and say, Jesus, I open my heart and I invite you in. If that's you, pray that with me. Jesus, I open my heart and I invite you in. I want to receive you, my gift, the gift of hope, the gift of life, and the gift of a relationship with God. I want to receive you into my life tonight in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Calvary Brighton Podcast. To find out more about our ministry in Brighton, Colorado, go to calvarychapelbrighton.com.